Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, I'm Stephen, and I am not joined uh, by Helen for the latest emergency podcast because she is the first casualty of our own reshuffle but i am joined by anusha kalian our deputy web editor hello and julia rampant our new-ish staggers editor hello um so anush there were an awful lot of changes it was a fairly wide ranging well not reshuffle because it's a new government shuffle i guess <laughs> yes um the probably the biggest thing that everyone um was focusing on was the appointment of Boris Johnson as Foreign Secretary. Um, it was considered quite quite an unexpected move from Theresa May, but also quite a brave move, as in the piece that you wrote shortly after the appointment. Um, everyone thought that every, the prevailing consensus was that, that it was going to be disastrous, considering he's gaff prone and he's a um, and he's a divisive figure. But actually, you you wrote that it was a, a smart move by Theresa May because she would be able to neutralise the threat from him and also get him to own the problem if he's if he's got a department that has something to do with with brexit and as a as a famous brexiteer then um, he can own it if it if it's if it breaks yeah the, the, the interesting thing i think is that uh, the there are key brexiteers in all of the brexit related departments um that has contributed in part to it being a fairly right-wing looking cabinet hasn't it julia yeah, and I think it's interesting, given her speech the day before where she was talking about tackling injustice, to then appoint such a right-wing cabinet and some of the people um, with very socially conservative views as well. Um, but there is a dry sense of humour there in appointing Andrea Leadsom in charge of uh, telling farmers they won't get EU subsidies that I have to admire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is, is, in some ways, it's kind of like this peeling back of... Uh of conservative modernization and it's like kind of it's it's the conservative modernizers who lost their fight to try and modernize the party before Cameron so people like Damian Green who supported Ken Clark who lost Michael Portillo who lost that's what I was going to say, because I remember from the last big dramatic reshuffle that David Cameron did, it was sort of like the purge of the One Nation Tories. And some of those people who had been um, sort of pushed aside have come back. And so it's, yeah, it's sort of like a resurrection of David Cameron's ideas, but sort of pre-Cameron. Yeah, strangely. it's weird. It's kind of like, you know, Tory modernisers, I prefer their earlier work or, or didn't. And indeed, the... that is what Theresa May is. She's one of the early modernisers. Yeah, Um the interesting thing, I thought, uh, and the slightly dangerous thing, is she's fired not just George Osborne, but basically 
all of the Osborne Knights. Uh, so let's see if we can list all of them without reference to Julia's cheat sheet. Um, <laughs> so Osborne, obviously. Gove. Who else got sacked? Nicky Morgan. Well, yeah. Sajid Javid got moved from what was quite a prestigious post. Yeah, so Sajid got moved from uh, Biz. And let's have a moment of silence to mourn the, the death of the Department for Energy and Climate Change because climate change isn't a pressing issue that Britain faces anymore. <laughs> yeah, the Department for Energy and Climate Change has been merged into this new beefed up um, business. What is it called now? Business. Business. Business Innovation. No, it's business, energy, and industrial strategy. Oh, that's strategy. it. It's kind of trolling all the green lobby by mixing business and energy. I mean, there's a, a there's some groups that are keen on both things, but I think there's quite a lot of green supporters who take very uh, very suspicious of business. Yeah, and another big departmental shakeup was taking the higher education um, brief out of business and into the Department for Education. Um, and I saw lots of um, left-wing commentators sort of praising this move, saying our universities shouldn't be treated like businesses, so this is a good thing. But I actually think it's a terrible idea because um, something that, that Biz was attempting to do was to protect universities from the more ideological forces in the Home Office, see Theresa May, uh, and her restrictions on foreign student visas and their insistence on counting foreign students in the immigration figures, which is bad for business. Yeah, I mean, I also think that historically universities and schools do badly when they are in the same department and they do well when they're when they're separate i know that there is kind of a grouping within the higher education sector which likes the purity of being in an education department i'm sure some of those include our listeners but i'm afraid my message to you is if you think that your your funding needs will be best served by competing with sharp elbowed parents for funding next time the treasury comes around well good luck with that um (laughs) I also wonder if it's a bit of a revenge move from Theresa May, because we know that some of her biggest clashes in cabinet came um, between her and Vince Cable when during the coalition when he was heading up biz and between George Osborne, who was quite on board with um, the sort of pro-immigration agenda of, of the business department. Yeah, I think because the, the interesting thing is, although there are some fairly right wing figures in the cabinet, in the key posts, She's demoted Sajid Javid, who was in many ways the most Thatcherite member of the cabinet. And this souped-up um, biz has Greg Clark, who I, th- to be honest, I think is unarguable to say he's the most left-wing m- member of the Conservative Parliamentary Party. Um, and you can see them, what I think they're probably going to try and do is hope that um, the economic shock of leaving the EU can be bailed out by infrastructure spending all of that kind of jazz but also exactly as you say this kind of hobbling of people she'd rowed with and the home office and just as Osborne used to promote people who'd come through the treasury machine so he had sort of islands throughout the government she's got um and again Julia your chief James Brokenshire James Brokenshire um Damien Green Damien Green also uh, an old home office lag and Karen Bradley, Bradley yeah um and so she's kind of got people who she has worked with and trusts throughout the government. So I think it's from her perspective, it's a fairly good reshuffle. Although, and this is where I'm going to turn to uh, our resident IFG whisperer, Anoush. <laughs> um, she's now sacked more ministers than the size of the Tory majority, right? So it's a majority of 12. So once you've signed six, sacked six people, you're traditionally that's when problems start. Yeah, and the, yeah, the reason for that is because you've now got people who 
don't like you and their followers on the back benches who are going to try and do things to scupper what you're attempting to achieve in government, um, which could suggest that potentially there will be an early election because perhaps she's trying to um, get this dramatic uh, cabinet reshuffle out of the way and then consolidate her power. Um, this is something that would be possible because Labour and the opposition, other opposition parties, um, the Greens and the Lib Dems, I'm not sure about the SNP, I don't know if they've come out for it yet, are calling for a snap election. So if the Tories want it, and if the opposition want it, then they can override the Fixed Terms Parliament Act because you just need 67% or two-thirds 66, of... 66%? Yeah. 66%. A two-thirds majority of the House to um, vote to dissolve Parliament and call another election. So they don't even need to repeal the Act. They don't need to know confidence themselves. So they could do that. And the reason why the Act allows for that is because that situation should never arise. There should never be a time, unless it's a national emergency like a war, uh, when the both the opposition and the government it's in both of their interests to call an election hmm. one minister we haven't talked about is the secretary for exiting the european union which is a new post yep um so it's it's basically another job in the cabinet office and it's part of the kind of hobbling of boris and then you have liam fox who's the minister for international trade David Davis, who's the minister for uh, Brexit, uh, he, of course, was very important in kind of koshering her up in the eyes of uh, Conservative MPs who supported Leave, without which she wouldn't have had that overwhelming uh, majority in the among MPs, without which she probably would have had to. I mean, to be honest, I think she would have beaten Andrea Leadsom anyway, mm. but, you know, kind of, you know, who knows now. Um, yeah, David Davis, you a fan? Yeah, well, I find... David Davis quite interesting, particularly the fact he forced his own by-election on civil liberties. So I'd love to see how he'll work with Theresa May on the Snoopers Charter. Um, But otherwise, I mean, he's a a very strong Eurosceptic. So I think that puts the nail in the coffin for anyone who thinks Article 50 won't be triggered. Also, the benefit with appointing figures like David Davis, big Eurosceptic figures, is that they've been obsessing about the European Union for years probably decades and so they are actually very experienced in the subject yeah and he was europe minister for four years under under major so obviously civil liberties is one flashpoint as anush has mentioned the uh these people wandering around with their their mates wanting to do her down is another Mm. what are the other kind of areas that you look at that cabinet and you go oh that's gonna lead to blood on the carpet sooner rather than later um, I guess one thing I've always, well, we touched on it before, but the immigration um, issue is something that she's been very clear she's sticking to that target, which everyone agrees is a daft bit of policy. And then um, she's promoted her immigration minister, James Brokenshire. So I think that indicates that we're not going to see any op- taking of the opportunity to change her stance on that. Yeah, and I think with the purge of the Osborneites that you mentioned earlier, Stephen, it's such an obvious uh, move. It's such an obvious um, sort of uh, declaring a victory over the battles that she's fought both in coalition and over the last government on immigration. Yeah. I think the interesting thing is it's both a less economically liberal government than, uh, than Cameron's and also a less socially and therefore migration less liberal. Mm. It's kind of more than a left-right switch. It's kind of mm. like a... Uh, you know, kind of more authoritarian, less uh, fussed about the deficit. Um, I mean, does that... The question I, I always ask myself when I'm in this chair is, wow, it's a lot more difficult than Helen makes it look. But also, 
if you have a situation in which the Conservative government is spending a lot of money, Anoush, what does that kind of do to Labour's dividing line over austerity? Yeah, I mean, in a way, it should be uh, helpful for Labour because now they can say, well, look, you don't even have a deficit target anymore. Here's all the money you could be spending on the things that we care about and on the on the people in the country who have lost out over years of austerity and could benefit. But actually, it was their one good dividing line with the Tories. They were saying this is ideological cutting. Now that the Tories um, don't, you know, can't stick to that uh, arbitrary target anymore, then it makes it very difficult for Labour to differentiate themselves from the Tories. All they can do now is say you're spending money in the wrong places Mm -hmm. and you're saving money in the wrong places. But they've been doing that anyway. And and look where it's got them. It hasn't got them electorally very far. Yeah, I think the other thing is, um, from the financial perspective, there is a problem that's not going to go away. And what the Tories, what Osborne did so successfully was pass on all the cuts to working age um, people who never are going to vote for the Tories anyway and protect often unnecessarily um, the benefits of very wealthy pensioners. Mm. And I find it extremely hard to imagine this government changing that policy. And when you think about the Leave voters and that they came from two groups, older voters who benefit from those policies and then leaving um, people in the north who are are losing out from public services cuts um i think that group is going to find that they lose out again mm. yeah i mean the interesting thing is nick timothy who is her joint chief of staff with um fiona hill uh who is a long-term very trusted aide has repeatedly written about how we need to unpick yeah how one of the mistakes of the cameron government has been spending too much on the elderly but cynically i think you're right i just think it's one thing to write a column saying we need to stop giving our own voters so many shiny things, but it's quite another to actually stop giving your voters so many shiny things. Um, yes, and I think actually what you, what is a bit terrifying to look at is Pretty Patel's appointment to um, International Development Secretary because they've... Cameron's one of his big legacies was the 0.7% spending commitment. It's a big ring fence budget. What does the appointment of Priti Patel, who we know is not very keen on the idea of even having a Department for International Development, what does that appointment mean for that money? Now, actually, probably the department's okay at the moment because it's kind of enshrined in law that it has to be there. And it would be such a big, um, such a big statement to try and get rid of it. But Priti Patel could campaign to get rid of that to get rid of that ring fence funding as head of the department. And I think she'd probably see that as an ideological victory if she did that. So maybe that's a way that they'd try and free up money, which is very depressing. Yeah, not least when you think that actually the UK government's argument for not taking in more Syrian refugees is because they're spending in the camps in Lebanon and Exactly. Jordan. It's their one thing that they can always fall back on. Anytime they're questioned on foreign policy or the migration crisis, they can say we spend this much uh, aid money in the region, which is a great thing that they do. Um, So to whittle away at that would be, I think, um, a big sign of a huge shift uh, in in the centre in this country. Yeah. Uh, Well, on that cheery note, let's depress ourselves further. Um, So, Anoush, you've already picked your least favourite cabinet move. Um, Julia, you're not allowed to have differed. What's your your least favourite... Well, having covered this live and having uh, seen the reports that Jeremy Hunt was sacked and seeing how joyful the response was from medical staff, I felt really bad when I had to update it and say that he was still (laughs) in the post. Um, I mean, 
I'm not sure I agree with everything that the junior doctors are saying, but I know enough people who work in the NHS to know that they're extremely understaffed and it just is such a toxic standoff at the moment. It's hard to see how that is going to end in a happy way. So, so last week or whenever it was uh, that we last uh, clambered into the podmobile, I said that Stephen Crabb had dodged a bullet because of all of those news stories about uh, his sexting mm-hmm. had been buried by the Labour Party, Andrea Leadsom, um, who this morning, I don't know if everyone saw, uh, said that she wouldn't hire a male nanny because they could be a paedophile. Yeah. I mean, she literally... She, I didn't see that. She is like... It's like, you know those fridge poetry sets you can get? Yeah. It's as if you've got a normal fridge poetry set and then someone's just thrown in crank. Just <laughs> Weirdly, the counterbalance to that is that someone um, also found an old column of Boris Johnson where he was talking about a flight he took, I think, to China and he was asked to uh, move because he was sitting next to two children who were his own kids because um, they had a policy of not having men next to children, um, which is actually quite a funny story because he was delighted to leave them. But... Um, <laughs> But except that he decided to quote the stewardess who was Chinese entirely in kind of accented language. So that would be interesting when he goes to China. Oh, God. Um, Yeah. Right. So I guess I have to pick (laughs) a a worse. There has to be a positive note. On a positive note. um, It's just like you're having a kind of picking out of the box now. (laughs) I'm really glad that Amber Rudd is... Is did, did not get sacked. I, I like mm. like Amber Rudd. Um, I like her even more now that I know that she is the aristocracy coordinator for four weddings and a funeral. Um, <laughs> I mean, the one slightly nice thing, and, and maybe this will continue in the uh, the the junior ministerial appointments as well, is there were a lot of people who worked very hard, who were you know fairly strong ministers and Commons performers, who because Cameron never reshuffled and they didn't have much of a faction, didn't get. Um, yeah, didn't did didn't ever get the promotion they probably would have done if he'd reshuffled at the rate of 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 Brown or even more so Blair's sort of semi annual reshuffles. Um so it's nice and people like um oh god, what's his first name? Gork. David, David. Gork. David yeah. Gork. Uh then yeah, people like David Gork and uh David Lid- Lidlington, who uh you know, been Europe minister for a long time, now in the cabinet properly. That's quite Nice, I guess. Yes, and also it's been a bit to a chief whip. It's been, a, I think, Gavin Williamson. That's mm. a big promotion. I think yeah. he was only a PPS before that. Yeah, he that. was Cameron's PPS. Yeah. The only time he was in the public eye was when John Burkle t- told him to shut up yeah. and told him his job was to run around and take notes. Um, <laughs> I mean, things he's very well liked in the Conservative Parliamentary Party, partly because John Burkle being rude to you is not it's necessarily a demerit as far as the average Conservative MP is concerned and he helped run Theresa May's campaign so I think it's yeah it's interesting because it is a big promotion but I think he'll probably do it quite well he'll he'll certainly have to seeing as they've sacked all of these people who are mm. now wandering around um, the continuing survival of Chris Grayling is proof that mm. we should all just give up and hide under the table um, and on that cheery note, uh, we will be back, uh, hopefully we'll only be back on Thursday because we'll stop having to do emergency podcasts because things will stop exploding. But uh, whenever we see you next, or rather you hear us next, um, have a great weekend. You've been listening to the New Statesman podcast presented by me, Helen Lewis, and produced by Anna Leskovitz. You can find us every week at newstatesman.com forward slash podcast or on iTunes. 
Our theme music is Devil with the Devil by the Underscore Orchestra, licensed under Creative Commons. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.